Alright, welcome to episode 8 of Geisler's Guidelines, the blog turn podcast. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little brain dead. I have now done 5 episodes this week, and that's... Four. I've done more episodes on this uh, vessel and this undisclaimed, uh, undisclaimed location than I have in my entire podcasting career, which is very short, but nevertheless... Um, there have been a lot of discussions and a lot of guests on the show, and I have one more special guest on this trip. His name is Matteo Stramotic. Close, close. Okay, I I figured I was not quite there on the last name. Almost, you're good, you're good. Thank you. Um, but here with me is my good friend Matteo, who I met this past week on uh, a trip that I've been on. And we're gonna have some interesting discussions. So, Mateo, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Oh well, um, I know my good friend Jordan for many, many years. Ah, yes, he's so been long. he's been next to me in all the most important parts of my life. Oh, I'm so I'm so honored. <laughs> of course. In all seriousness, though, I'm uh, working for Cell Croatia. I am their onboard rep, which means I'm. Um, sailing around for four months at a time answering all the questions people may have and yeah just generally enjoying life yeah um off season failed it student (laughs) (laughs) attempting to do sales reservations but yeah yeah overall sailing around enjoying life yeah and you've been doing this for three years three years now how did you get into this job completely accidental man it was um I think it was winter, like January of 2017, and I was just randomly looking for summer jobs that year, and I just sent out 10 emails without even looking who I'm sending it to. And then Cell Croatia happened to be the first ones to answer, and I honestly did not know anything about tourism like this. I had no idea mm-hmm. it's happening here. Um, and yeah, I just showed up to the interview, found out what it is then, and I was like, okay, let's give it a go. Let's yeah. see how it goes. And yeah, three years later, here I am, still. All right. Yeah. All right. That's very interesting. Kind of fly by the seat of your pants, but I know a lot of people who are like that, and I wish I kind of had those guts, but hey, I think so. it's commendable that you just kind of went out on a limb to do this job. Oh, you and you do it very well, by the way. Well, you do thank this you job very, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, very welcome. Uh, so, uh, as I told you before, mm-hmm. kind of like the episode that I did with Millie, for all of you who have listened to that episode. Uh, This is going to be more of just a free-flowing episode. We are not sticking to a theme. Uh, So I'm going to do one question uh, from the first five episodes. So we've got five questions to go over. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do not really a game, not really a segment, something kind of in between. Uh, just to keep it kind of quick, because I know Mateo has, he's technically working right now, so I don't, moment, want, yeah. I don't want to take up too much of his time if someone uh, falls off of our vessel, or no, um, right. needs toilet paper, or some kind of emergency. <laughs> you see, that's um, a huge spectrum. Yes, there are many, well, you your job in, encompasses many different tasks. It doesn't. Um, but, so we're going to get into question one from episode one on risk taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when is a time you backed down from a risk? When is a time I backed down from a risk? Hmm. At probably every single time I decide to do another year at uni. Oh, really? Yeah. Beca- How so? Well, because in Croatia, where I'm from, it's viewed as something completely necessary, like to have a good life, to you know, have a uni degree and basically your parents are stuck in a mindset which like if you don't get a uni degree you'll be homeless forever yeah and 
I, I do have a job right now. I am pretty much on my, my own person at the moment, and yeah. I'm not just doing this through the summer. There's other stuff I'm doing for the company through the winter, which is bringing me income and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, while I don't agree with their sentiment, oh, you got to do uni, I'm still like, that. Be, having heard that all your life, that kind of brings a sort of a foreign thought in yourself. Um, but yeah, basically, kind of at this point, at this point, it's, it's, English not my first language. At this point, it's kind of embedded this idea into me that if I don't do uni, that I'm risking yeah. my life, yeah. basically. And while I don't agree with it, I subconsciously avoid that risk yeah. by doing uni every year. Even yeah. though I'm not. It's because yeah. it's just something that has constantly been spoken into you, and yeah. so kind of consciously and unconsciously, you've ha just taken that to heart as... Pretty much. It's just, sort of like Inception. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. Kind of accepted the idea into my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is also something that's it's not as prominent as it was in the U.S. as before, because it used to always be like, it was always college, like that was just the expectation that after you graduate high school, you go to college, and that there's not really like another alternative if you want to be successful in life. Yeah, same, same. Um, but it's becoming a lot less um, of a requirement uh, that you have to go to college. It's becoming more of like a, oh, well, you could do like trade school, mm. maybe a community college, you can enlist in military, or you could just go straight into the workforce. Yep. Um, so I think it's definitely becoming less of a taboo thing in America to just um, not go to college at all. Mm. Um, and I hope so because I really don't think college is for everyone. Not at all. There are man. some people who just um, don't thrive in an academic setting or who don't need a degree to do what they want to do. Yeah. But we act as if you need a degree for everything when you really don't. Um, I've noticed in Croatia as well, like through, with us like, younger generations, I guess you could call us millennials, it's like becoming, as you said, less and less of a thing to be yeah. like. Now, most people here attend college, but most people here drop out after one or two years, yeah, yeah. and then they go on to actually have successful lives. Like I, yeah, that's I have good. so many friends started their own company, some of them left the country and just made literal bucks. So, yeah. <laughs> that's good, though, because I think it breaks the mold of the expectation of what you're supposed to do with your life, mm. and I just think we could use more of that. Definitely. Um, I would say a risk I backed down from also revolves around college. Um, I only applied to one college out of Shit. high school uh, because I just, I was not like really interested in going into a lot of places. Mm. My sister went to the University of Louisville when I was a senior in high school, so I figured, I kind of just always thought like, oh, well, I'm just going to go there too, like it's 30 minutes from where I live, so I'm just going to drive and commute, and it's not like super competitive, so I could probably get a scholarship of some kind or anything like that. Mm. So I didn't take any risks of like going out and applying to different places you know facing a rejection letter or just even thinking of like branching out to somewhere else like maybe going to somewhere in DC or like a family in California so maybe going to California or anything like that I just never took that chance and yeah. I just played it safe yeah well do you regret that though I because I don't know the experience of going to another school, I can't really say that like, oh, staying at U of L just like ruined everything. Mm -hmm. I would like to think that 
I would have had more like stories and adventures and um, more people in my life if I went to a different school. Mm -hmm. I also think there would have been a lot more challenges with that of like trying to get to know people, adjusting to a new environment and mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. But I think it would have been good if I had maybe tried, even if just like going to another school in Kentucky, mm -hmm. that would have required me to live on campus or and not stay at mm -hmm. home. Um, but I guess I do have some regrets about that. Mm -hmm. If I went back and like did it over again, I don't know if I would do the same thing. Yeah. I might do something different, but I'm not entirely sure. That's a good you, question though. You never Interviewee know. becomes the interviewer. There we go. <laughs> it's the dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you ever done something crazy out of passion? And it could be for a person or, or for like a thing, an activity. Actually, yeah, like <clears throat> something like extremely crazy. Been vegetarian for two years for a person. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Um, it was this person that I've made broken. Well, she broken up with me about almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, basically, she. Um, decided to be vegan at some point a couple oh. of years ago well she so did sorry. it no she <laughs> did it like 50 50 out of like you know love for animals love for the environment stuff like that but there was also the aspect of her health yeah. since she had like a digestive oh, okay. issue that um really meat did not sit well with her and okay. anything animal yeah but she took that and it started out first as like a health thing but then after she did it for a while it kind of turned into this obsession almost to the point where she's like i don't know if i can kiss you if you eat meat oh and I'm like, that's interesting yeah wow that's so almost kinky <laughs> almost yeah <laughs> well um but yeah i kind of like didn't she didn't never explicitly said you know you're not supposed to eat meat i was like but myself at that point wanting to avoid any conflicts not just with her but just in general just yeah. taking the easy flow out so I was like well f I'll just cut out meat and yeah. be alright and you know to be someone else for a while and think like oh I can do this and stuff yeah well in reality it was kind of it was kind of overbearing in a way it was yeah. limiting and it was um, it was this like constant unnecessary fear almost of her being like oh you're not actually into this you oh know what I mean? yeah. yeah well someone forcing their beliefs or like their values upon you and you not wanting to take those on isn't like a healthy basis for a not at all not at all but when you're when you're in it at oh. that moment you're not looking at it like yeah, that yeah absolutely you're thinking like oh well i would do anything for this person exactly, because yeah. i love them and they love exactly. me and only after we broke it up i started seeing like okay so that what you were doing you were doing this to yourself like for no reason and then it wasn't just that you step back and you look at it from like the outside perspective and you're like this entire thing was not healthy at all <laughs> yeah so what was the first piece of meat that you ate after you broke up i went to the uk um and kind of did the veggie diet for a bit but then like that turned too expensive and when i got there it was um i didn't come come there with a lot of money so i couldn't really afford it so i was like okay <laughs> Went to Burger King, had a double Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good way to start it yeah. off. Um, so, way, way back in my freshman year of high school, back when I was a very 
pale and pimply thing, <laughs> even though I'm still a pale and pimply thing right now. I don't feel all my best. We had this thing in my English class called Poetry Cafe, and you, everyone like wrote a poem, and then everyone brought in like a dish uh, to eat, so it was like potluck, kind of, mm. where everyone brings something. And then we would all like get food, and then we'd all get up and share a poem at some point in the class. And I, I think like in that year of of my freshman year, I really got into like writing and getting into poetry and stuff. So I was like really nervous because you're a freshman in high school, and you're gonna be nervous about any kind of attention on you. But you're gonna be nervous about like the shoes that are slightly different from everyone else. Exactly, else's. just yeah. like the stupidest, pettiest exactly, thing that won't yeah. matter in 20 years. Um, three years, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, really wanted to do well and kind of just like give a good show. Mm. So Shakespeare wrote a sonnet. I can't remember. I, th I feel like it's sonnet 18, but also I feel like it might be like sonnet 190 something. <laughs> but uh, it's One of about, these sonnets. Yeah, it was about um, it's like, oh, shall I compare thee to a warm summer's day? Yeah. And it's like a love poem about this person, and he's uh, just really marvel of this woman. So I wrote like a parody of that called the Snowflake Poem. Okay. And so I was like, oh, shall I compare thee to like a winter's night? Uh, you're so cold, you give me frostbite or something like that. <laughs> it was really stupid, but I thought it was really good. And I got up and I gave this poem in front of the class. And then I had a bag full of like shredded up paper. Mm. And when I finished, I like stepped out and I threw up the confetti in the air. and. I was like, oh wow, like this is great, and <laughs> people loved it, and they clapped, and I felt really just like admired, and I felt like, oh my gosh, this is my future, um, which it definitely isn't, right? Uh, poetry cafes are not a steady career, <laughs> not at um, all. But that was just something that I did because I I was really just passionate about writing, and I wanted it's to do something. It's the thing when you do something like that, when you like step out of everyone else a little bit it's a huge risk you're taking but yeah you know people notice that people admire that and yeah you know who else writes a song about snowflakes and does snowflake confettis yeah and i've yet to meet anyone else who has done that there so. we go hopefully i do though one day <laughs> uh next question what people have driven you to feel self-conscious what people like what group of people or like anyone in your life like circle of friends God. um all through elementary school man one oh, two yeah. eight yeah it's uh i think that's a classic answer for everyone though but it's like mm, it, it's like your formative years and like you're gonna be weird in those formative years and like your parents are gonna dress you in their clothes and yeah. they're gonna style your hair that way, their way and uh, most times parents don't have a good sense of styling. Yeah. Yeah, and kids and pick up on that. <laughs> Speaking of hair, I have to ask you, how long have you been growing your hair? Seven years right now. Seven years? Yeah, okay, it's and going how, so slow. How long is it? I don't know. <laughs> Last time I measured, it was like maybe I was... 19 something like that it was over half a meter long do you ever do you have any plans of cutting it or trimming it i always used to say like when i go bald and no like 
no time before. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I always say like I'm gonna go bald one day and just shave my head, grow a goatee, and be the most badass person. Oh ever. my gosh! Would you donate your hair to like charity or something? Only if I was gonna cut it off anyway. Okay. And not not I'm my makes me sound like a terrible person. No, though, but. I don't know, man. I just like my hair too much. I understand. That's okay. My brother has really long hair. And there we go. I don't think he could imagine yeah. getting rid of it all. It's been like since he was a senior in high school, and he is at least five years old. So it's been like, gosh, I'm bad at math. It's been at least six or seven <laughs> years since I've seen him with short hair. Oh, uh, his hair is always like shoulder length or maybe a little bit longer. Mm. I see what you mean. Yeah, but mean. recently I've actually been toying around with the idea of just cut it off. Oh, really? Yeah. How come? Oh, the thing that I mentioned earlier with the ex, well, that happened in September. Well, that wasn't the only thing that happened. It was like maybe three or four more life-changing events, none uh -huh. of them good, I'll run after the other. And it kind of like shakes up your self-image self when it's yeah. like... A lot of the things that defines you almost that like you when someone asks you like what do you care about most you say this 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 and this yeah I mean all of that like literally in a couple of months just poofs oh I'm so sorry well, it's all right um, when all of that disappears you're like am I this person anymore yeah you know what I mean like so, you don't need a change or yeah something. so it started with small stuff like clothes like yeah. before this all i owned were like band shirts and stuff like that uh -huh. and like before the boats i like came out and literally just bought six random shirts just <laughs> like i need something i need something yeah yeah and like part of that is the hair which i like i absolutely love and everything but at the same time i'm looking at myself it's like do i want people to perceive me like this mm -hmm. or do i want to do something different with it yeah I'm so far keeping it, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I it's a good look for you. I think I it's a good look. I still love it too much, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I resonate with the hair and just wanting to have a different look because, believe it or not, this is not my natural hair color. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the roots underneath are a little bit alluding to that, but mm. I am like a kind of dirty blonde, I guess. Mm. Um, but this past year, like uh, August of, or... Uh, it was like September of 2018. I was like, you know what? I kind of just want to do something different with my hair. And I thought it'd be really cool to bleach it because I was like, that's just something that was really popular mm. at the time. And it's still kind of popular in New York. Hey, it is, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this and I'm just going to do something different. And I didn't tell anyone about it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to do it as a surprise and see what happens. And show up. And so I did it, and a, a lot of people liked it, but I felt really insecure about it because it was just something really different. But at the same time, it brings time, attention, yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to do something different and be like, well, I kind of just want to shake things up and not be like the same person. Yeah. And just have like a different look. And I'm stuck with this sense but i think when school starts again in august i'm probably gonna go back to the regular you? yeah the thing I'm is i'm a conformist for sure oh <laughs> uh, i am and i'm not <laughs> but the thing is with that kind of stuff is like it does bring attention and like you're afraid to do it because it brings attention but at the end of the day you're gonna do it people are gonna notice it and if it's nothing to like terrible or insane they'll be like okay cool you yeah. know what i mean and that it all it takes is that one step for you to be like right i'm gonna do this i'm ready yeah and like it's gonna go away you're gonna grow into that look and you're gonna be like right i did something brave yeah. and worked out just gotta take the leap take you the can't leap dwell on the details for forever exactly um 
Oh, but... Okay, you talked about elementary school. Mm. Like, one, one through eight made you feel self-conscious. Um, I still do, man. It's, uh, yeah. When it's happening in your formative years, it's not something that leaves you. You know yeah. what I mean? There's always that underlying voice in your head that's like, oh, I'm standing too weird. People are looking at me. Yeah. Or, you know, my hair isn't the best today. It's like everyone's going to hate me for it and stuff yeah. like that. But I know that's not true. But I think all of us have that little voice in our heads that are like, constantly judging ourselves. I agree. Yeah. And sure. like, the, what was that saying? Nobody sees your flaws like you do. Or oh, something like hands that. Down. Yeah. Like, cause no one's paying as much attention to exactly. yourself as you are. Exactly, yeah. 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 I completely resonate with that. In the fifth grade, um, I think it was in the fifth grade, I'm not completely sure. There was a girl that I knew, it may have been actually middle school, but if it was, mm. I can't remember for sure. But she said I had a I had a depressed face. Mm. Like my resting face was just looked really depressing. <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, like you have such a depressing face, like why is that? And I was like, Oh, I, I wasn't really aware. Look. Like that that was just kinda of my face. She was like, Yeah, sometimes like I'll walk in the halls and people will be like, Who's that depressed guy over there? And she would be like, Oh, that's just Jordan <laughs> And afterwards I was like wow like do people really see me that way and I, it's just something like I've never really gotten over and like now I always think like oh I kind of have like a resting bitch face now <laughs> it's I, become a thing it's yeah. become a thing yeah and yeah. so it's something that I have to take stock of because if I'm not paying attention sometimes I'll have either a really bad resting bitch face mm. or I'll have a really just depressed looking face and <laughs> Neither one are particularly flattering. Right. I do tend to have the same problem sometimes. Like, I'm sitting down somewhere, it's like, why are you sad? And I'm like, just looking at nothing. Yeah. It's just, I'm just lost in thought, and that's the facial posture yeah. that my body falls back on. Exactly. It's nothing intentional. Unless I leave my like, emotions really alone. down in the dumps. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Question number four. Do you have more faith in yourself or others? Mm. Ah, that's you're hitting deep with these, man. <laughs> this is all relevant to that's the last the year of, the of my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I used to have all of my faith in other people, like almost none of it in myself. Yeah. In a sense that like whatever I would do, I would need affirmation from the people I cared about. I would need their approval before I do anything, like subconsciously, not yeah. actively. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I always used to say like, oh, I'm going to uni for X, Y, you know, to make sure we have a good life in the future. Or, um, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, you know, you, you, get, you get the point. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, all of those people I put my faith in have either died or left my life in the last year. I'm sorry. That's all right again. Know. And I kind of, still don't know how to put faith in myself yeah 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 it's like whatever i do now i'm like i know i don't have to you know show off to anyone i don't have to ask anyone but at the same time my subconscious mind is asking why are you doing this if there's no one to do it for yeah you know what i mean but then you have to remember although you should do it for yourself yeah you don't need to do it for others exactly people. yeah so i guess i'm just still learning how to get over that lack of someone to approve you yeah. know and I'm you know I need to be I need to start believing in my own decisions in my own well believing in my own beliefs as well it's like mm -hmm. I think I put too much of myself into other people and not enough into actually like 
myself and my thoughts and wants and needs and stuff like that. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I feel the same. I feel the same way sometimes. And I think as I've gotten older, I've started weaning off of putting my faith in other people. And it, this is really stupid and probably really petty, but I think yeah. of like group projects in school. <laughs> like I hate group projects in school because it takes like a lot of faith in other people that they're gonna pull their weight and they're gonna do what they're supposed to do and maybe like 0.5 times out of 10 they actually do what they're supposed to and I would always just I felt like I was always putting in all the work myself and I think that was just a way of me realizing like I need a I can't put all my faith in other people. A exactly. lot of times I just have to like rely upon myself to get the job done. Exactly. So I think that has definitely been a formative okay. part of how I feel about putting faith in myself over exactly. other people. And that's actually one of the main reasons why I decided to move to a different country over the winter. It was like, over well, a group project? Not a group no, project, no, but, no, no. but essentially what you said, yeah, you know, yeah. I've got to put my faith that I'm going to pull my own weight and do what I'm supposed to do. So I've never lived on my own, apart from the ships, of course, but that's that's a bit different to actually living on your own. I mean, you have people cooking for you, you know, you're in your cabin, you don't really have to worry about bills, tax, stuff like that. Yeah. And at some point I was like, I'm so used to, as I said, putting my faith in everyone, I need to go off and put myself completely outside of any comfort zones that I'm used to and yeah. like, force myself to have to be the one to make call the shots and the one to live with my decisions. So I just did. Went, f went to a different country, spent four months, f***ed up so much. <laughs> but, I mean, I regretted it half the time I was there, but I came back with this like newfound image of myself and newfound skills and knowledge and like however much I almost like fully hated my time there, Apart from like some amazing people I met and yeah. amazing experiences, but still, however much I hated it, I'm so glad I did it yeah. because I came back a little bit stronger. That's good. Good for you to be able to just push yourself beyond your personal boundaries mm. and oh, that beyond was your comfort zone. <laughs> it's not an easy thing to do, and I don't do it enough. Uh, <laughs> but I commend anyone who has what it takes to do it. Uh, last question. Are there any stereotypes that you think are true? English weather. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in um, hmm. stereotypes that I think are true. I think all stereotypes are true to an extent, though. Mm -hmm. That's why they're stereotypes. You see yeah. enough of it to be like, okay, this is a recurring theme. Yeah. This is what most people like that, or most places like that, or are actually like. So. While I don't, I'm not the person to like listen to a stereotype and be like, right, I'm the person that has to see it and experience it for themselves to be yeah. like, okay, yeah, for reals. And that's why I said English weather, because literally everyone and their mother has been telling me like, be careful of the English weather, it's always going to be rain, you're never going to see the sun and stuff like yeah. that. I was like, come on, man, it can't be that bad. Yeah. I get there, it's like... Right, <laughs> you see the sun once and never again for three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's like a mild example. But um, what I need to say by that, mm, all of them and none of them, I think, would be the question. I yeah. think are true. Yeah. Yeah, and I do resonate with the idea that there's probably some truth to all stereotypes, mm. just because they're they have to be based off of something. Exactly. They have yeah. to come from somewhere. But a stereotype 
that I know I used to think was true but no longer do was that um, like the kind of typical nerd is like someone yeah. with like braces and glasses mm. and I believed in that for so long because the media like TV shows and movies especially oh, just I perpetuated know. that over and over and over that the loser or the geek or whatever mm. is just like the class has glasses high school like the four yeah. eyes and has braces and just um, doesn't have that like cool look mm. and my and I've talked about this probably four or five times now on the podcast <laughs> but my eighth grade year I got braces and glasses and there you all go. at once did it turn you into it, well I, I kind of already was <laughs> so <laughs> it was just kind of affirmation but yeah, I just perpetuated it yeah yeah I definitely felt like I wasn't doing myself any favors and I felt just really insecure because I was like oh now I'm like I'm just fulfilling the stereotype mm. to a T and it's kind of bogus because so many people get braces it's not like your intelligence determines whether you have braces or not exactly. your orthodontist determines whether you need braces or not well not even your orthodontist your your actual teeth determine if you yeah. need them or not <laughs> and so there's no real rhyme or reason to it and glasses is just because of poor eyesight mm. it doesn't it doesn't determine based off of intelligence but of course you don't think about all of that when you're like 14 and yeah, hormonal exactly. and they're uh, just like oh no everyone's gonna think I'm older um, and all of a sudden hey, nerd <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, so get that's locked just, in your locker yeah <laughs> something that I've had to get over but I think a lot of people probably encounter mm. that problem too oh, yeah I mean just coming back to the whole perception of self thing is never really true never really true how you see yourself although a friend of mine has like brought up an interesting point recently when we were talking about well you know we were talking about each other's issues and stuff like that and how we see each other and she said well people are going to see you the way you see yourself most because that's what you're going to project yeah that's your, what you're your, like you know it's going to leak into your behavior your emotions and it's literally almost going to physically change you as well so I think it all has to do with how you see and feel about yourself and how you want people to see and feel about you. I agree. Yeah. That's a good thought. Um, there so we go. Th those are the, all the questions that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything we didn't go over or that we didn't discuss that you would like to mention? Uh, I, think, like I think we had a pretty good overview. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back for our segment. This podcast is brought to you in part by jobs. Since communism doesn't work, we all have to work and suffer for a paycheck. The workforce, we're all in it together. This episode is sponsored by Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man. He may be far from home, but he's not far from being a hoe. Don't argue with me, he's the worst. Alright, we're back. And instead of, in lieu of a game, and kind of in lieu of a segment, we're going to have crazy story time um because you have done a lot of things and you have been a lot of places and you've met a lot of interesting people oh, yeah. as you were just telling me almost went with the story that would have caused an explicit label for this episode so <laughs> decided not to go with that um yeah, and almost went with a story that would have caused a lot of grief and yes <laughs> um but i'm glad i did get to hear that story on like our first day of being yeah. here uh but 
Which I think I actually told you on the first day. Yeah. Yeah, I did, yeah. It was a woman who fell off a boat. Yeah, And exactly. that was a very good cautionary tale of us yeah, to be careful around the boat. designated exits. Yes. Do not go over sun deck railings. Yes. You'll kind of fall down and hurt yourself. Be sober around railings. She was sober. Oh, she was. I she thought was she was drunk. Sober, okay. Yeah. okay. But this story probably needs context. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's not the story we're going with, so we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but go ahead and start your story. Right, so we decided to go with the first time I actually got like properly wasted in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> it was dur- during the senior trip in high school. So in Croatia, like once you hit year four um, and you're about almost 17, 18, uh, all schools like do this trip to a different country. Like we happened to go to Austria and the Czech Republic. Um, and we got to Prague on that trip. It was a week long thing uh, by bus. Took forever. Mm-hmm. But we get to the Czech Republic, to Prague specifically, and uh, of course the first night we're going out, uh, our tour guys taking us to some club somewhere, and like we get there and a lot of people are already properly buzzed, like everyone's yeah. drinking in their rooms and stuff. And at that point, like I've been drinking alcohol since I was 13 basically, but I never really got drunk. Like yeah. it was always a beer or two, but that's about it. Yeah. It was always clean cut. Um, and I just turned 18 at that point. So we so we get to this club and like everyone goes to the dance floor and like starts dancing and stuff like that. I myself having zero body rhythm. I'm just like looking at them, looking at my wallet, which is full of the Czech Republic currency, mm-hmm. and I'm like, the bar. And just sit <laughs> down there, and I'm like, right, this is the perfect opportunity to see what it's like to get actually wasted. <laughs> so and that that was my only intention, get as much stuff in me and see how I go. So I start off and for the first hour I'm drinking nothing but double Jack uh, Jacks, Jack Daniels and double Johnny Walkers meat, so nothing else but ice. Oh yeah. And I'm like just chugging those in me and I'm like I'm fine after an hour. It's like I'm not even dizzy. Like what the hell? Mind you, I was sitting down the entire time, but I did not move. <laughs> yeah. So I look around the bar and I'm like, what else, what else? What can be stronger? What can get me? And I'm like, vodka, that's what I'll do. Oh, no, no, no. So I switched to vodka for half an hour and just double, nothing but, uh, not even ice in there, just like, go. And yeah. I think I got like five or six in me, something like that. I'm surprised you haven't thrown up yet. I'm, I, I'll I'm get sure to that. that's coming I'll up. I'll get to though. that and I'm like, I'm still not drunk. Like, what the <laughs> And so I'm like there, very like annoyed, literally like tapping the bar, and I'm looking over, and I see absinthe, and I'm like, exactly. I knew like I knew absinthe was strong, but I had no idea it was 75 percent. So what I did, I go to the bartender, and I'm like, five shots of absinthe, and he's like looking at me with this look full of just like concern and worry and is this person trying to commit suicide yeah and all i did was just silently look at him with a, like a semi-angry face and tap on the bar just pour him so he does oh my god and i do the first second third fourth five fifth all in a row and like once i got the others like the last one i started feeling it actually burning yeah. everything from my nostrils to my anus man oh my. <laughs> i literally spent like Five minutes just perched on the bar doing, uh Yeah. And I get up. Oh. And every, literally the room starts physically swaying like you're on a boat. Yeah. And from that point on, I don't remember much. Um, actually, all of this that I'm about to tell you 
people have been telling me. Yeah. Like later <laughs> it's on. It's no longer first person. Exactly not. It's no longer first person. And some of this, these things I only found out recently, so several years later. Oh, okay. <laughs> but apparently I went to, I was stumbling around, went to sit down on the couch and then I noticed there was a very small girl in the couch and just literally my entire body weight slammed on her mm -hmm. and didn't realize for about 30 seconds there's a person under me. That, um, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Found one of my teachers from school, fell asleep in her lap, proceeded to throw up in front of her lap. Oh. Um, almost got into a fight with a bouncer who was like six feet tall and six feet wide. And he's just like, <laughs> he was trying to tell me to calm down, else he's gonna kick, kick me out. And my response was like, well, I'm gonna kick you out. <laughs> and this last bit is like, I only found this out recently. So this club was organized in a way that you had a long bar uh -huh. And like right above it, there's a balcony. Like you could go up the stairs and it's like a couple of meters tall and stuff. And one of my friends was sitting on the railing of that balcony and he no. shifts his weight. Uh -uh, uh -uh. He kind of loses balance and falls down chest first onto the bar. He's like knocked everything over. He literally fell maybe like a meter next to me, so like very close. Mm -hmm. And he says that my only reaction with a glass in my hand was just to look at him, do a... Huh? and continue drinking. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So heartless, they, but also your mind was on other things. My mind was gone, man. You could literally yeah. hear that. But anyway, they ended up taking me back to the hotel, but like literally physically carrying me because I could not walk at some point. Yeah. They put me to bed. And the next day we were supposed to go check out some palace where like the Czech president resides or whatever. Yeah. They couldn't wake me up in the morning. They're physically punching me. I was like gone, yeah. dead body. You were mentally checked out. Ment I, I was brain dead, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> I could not move, man. And um, once we did get there, I was experiencing the worst hangover of my life, man. Yeah. I, I, I literally almost blind from pain. So I go into Starbucks thinking, okay, coffee. Mm. And I'm like, ah, That's Starbucks not. coffee. And what I get is like a strawberry cream frappuccino. Yeah. And this is all leading up to a point. Um, and one of my friends gives me a pill. And she's like, oh, this is a special hangover pill. You know, and I drink it, you'll be fine. Uh. So I drink the pill and I'm like downing it with the strawberry cream frappuccino. And one of my friends just randomly turns around, takes a shot of me with her camera and that's about it. Couple of months later, like people are stopping me on the streets and like in, in, in my hometown split. It's like, oh, are you this dude from the Facebook page? I'm like, what Facebook page? Uh -huh. And they're like, no, no, you're famous. It's like this, this pictures and everything. I'm like, what? And they tell me the name. It's the same picture of Sturmi every day. And Sturmi is my nickname. Um, and I go in and it's this picture of me just looking yellow as all hell because my liver was probably crying yeah. with that drink, just looking all confused into the camera. <laughs> And they're posting that every day with sound oh quotes and incorporating my nickname. That's so cold. That's yeah, oh. I love it. I love it's still around, man. Oh they're they're enacted, but it's still around. People still remember it. Um, but yeah, so my first drunk story turned me into a local meme. Wow. So I love it. That's a and nice side evolution. Note, side note: that hangover pill, vitamin C. Oh, okay. Helped. Really Actually helped. It was something dark, but I'm glad nah. it was just vitamin C. Vitamin C. It helped. Definite relief. Yeah. Um, so my story is nowhere near as good as that one um, because I've not had the opportunity to get completely wasted because <laughs> uh, I am underage. Um, oh, hold on. How old are you? Well, I'm 20. Oh, yeah. America, 21. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but for the sake of this podcast, I'll say that I've never had a drink of anything. Really? Even though I know that's a bold-faced lie, because <laughs> this trip has... I'm pretty sure we shared drinks. Drink um, yeah. But uh, this doesn't even compare, and it's really not that crazy of a story. It's just kind of a funny story. Yeah. Um, so I went through Halloween... I did Halloween from like when I was a kid until I was 18 years old mm. um, because I was like I'm not gonna miss out on candy that's, of course just, not. that's, that's just not smart um, and so <coughs> my senior year of, of high school um, I had a good kind of circle of friends that I would go trick-or-treating with and uh, I was like I really want to do something just like really cool mm. something that like a lot of people won't do and I was fixated on actually this might be this is right before I turned 18. I was 17 because I couldn't vote. It was right before the election of Trump. And I dressed up as Donald Trump for Halloween. <laughs> and like, I did not, like I did not miss a beat. Like I wore a suit. I had a nice red tie. Mm-hmm. My dad let me use all of it cause I didn't have anything. I wore like dress shoes. I had like American flag pen nice. on my label. I bought a wig. I got my mom. Did you mom, get a spray tan? Uh, well, I didn't do a spray tan, but my mom helped me find uh, makeup. Oh, okay. So we did like a so tan very layer. Old. Yeah. And we didn't do like the whites under my eyes. We left those. Um, was there anything else? Well, I did my Trump voice, of course. Can you do the voice? It was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love and it. I would do like the hand gestures and everything. Mm. And Huge. I don't, I don't think I'm missing anything else. It's probably the best costume I ever did because there was imagine. so much that went into it. But here's a question, but, though. Here's a question. Yeah. Did you run into any other Donald Trumps while you were there? Okay, that's something I'm gonna get to in the story. Uh-huh, okay. All right. So Kentucky is a pretty conservative state, mm-hmm. so I was like, I'm, I'm playing it pretty safe with this costume because a lot of people are gonna just think it's like kind of funny, or they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay. Um, so it's a big neighborhood we were going through. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first few houses, people really like the costume. They think it's really funny. We go to one house, and it's, like, some, like, teeny boppers, like, probably 13, 14-year-olds, and it's, like, guys and girls, and they see my costume, and the girls are like, don't give that guy any candy. And then the guys are like, no, I'm giving him all the candy. And I was like, that's right you are. That's my man. I, at every house, I would try and be, like, Oh, this is gonna be huge Halloween, or like, <laughs> voting was I think the next week, so I'd be like, I'll see you at the polls, or stuff like that, or I'd like mention China or something like that, and a lot of <laughs> yeah, the wall, the wall, um, and the a lot, wall. I would, uh, a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, I'll see you at the polls, or a lot of people would be like. Oh, I'll be at the polls, but I won't be seeing you there. And I'm just like, well, okay, you know, make yourself yeah, heard. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, whatever you want to do. And things are going pretty well for a while. And then there was this triad of probably like 13-year-old girls mm. that really weren't wearing costumes. One of them had an Obama mask. One had a Hillary Clinton mask. Oh, my God. And one had a Donald Trump mask. Oh, my God. And they were wearing like blue shirts and tutus and i was just like really thrown off that's like by the, the lowest effort yeah there's like no effort involved and i was just like i actually put a lot of thought into my yeah. costume and 
the girl that was wearing the Trump mask kept taunting me and I was like you have no room to taunt because your costume is actual crap (laughs) and then I would like joke with because at this time this was pre this was pre inaugural Mm. so um there had been a lot of talk about how like President Trump was gonna throw Hillary in jail yeah so I I, to the girl who was wearing the Clinton mask I'd be like you better stop or I'm putting you behind bars and stuff like that and she thought it was kind of funny at first and then they started just getting kind of nasty and I'm like you're 13 like you need to clean up your act and that's coming from me um and so most of the night went pretty smoothly there was this one house we went to where the woman was like adamant that she was not going to give me anything just because you were dressed as yeah and she was like unless you apologize for everything that you've done I'm not giving you any candy at all she realized you're not actually Donald Trump I don't know Um, so I was just like I don't have anything to apologize for and I just like went and walked on and I didn't get any candy from her and there was this one older guy who um, when we went up to his driveway he was like it's very nice to meet you Mr. President he shook my hand and everything and I think maybe a couple people took pictures and a lot of I think a lot of people for the most part really liked it but that one woman in particular was very nasty towards me and so then fast forward a week and I think the election had happened and Donald Trump, Trump won, won. Yep. and I in the back of my mind I just thought like oh what I should I go do? back to that lady's house <laughs> I should dress up again and just be like give me that candy like I got this I'm is your president, president speaking yeah. <laughs> um, but I it was just something that I, I've always enjoyed and probably the best costume that I ever did mm. and my mom took pictures of it on her digital camera, so it's basically lost in an abyss of photos and something that will never get developed. I was gonna say, it's but, like if you have those pictures, yeah. I'd love them. Because I really, I don't even remember how, I mean, I looked spectacular, but of I can't think of a very clear image, but I want those pictures so bad because they were just really good. Um, but that's kind of the story that I came up with. But your story was far, far better than mine. Oh, mine is just. Mine just went off the rails real quick. <laughs> no, that was good. It was good. Uh, but thank you so much for being on my show. Well, thank you for, for having me, man. sacrificing your time, energy, and dignity well, well, to be here. Well, it's not like I have much to do at the moment. It's time to lunch. I'm pretty much a pre-med. <laughs> That's good. Um, I will give you a five-second PSA of anything you want to talk about before we leave. Five-second PSA. Hmm. Anything at all. Right. Common sense is to have common sense. Please don't show up to cruises without common sense. Very important, especially on the party boats, very oh important. Oh god, you have no idea. We could do a separate <laughs> like, entire separate episode just on, on that, that one <laughs> and I would just let you take the reins. Um, so closing announcements, uh, thank you very much for tuning in to the eighth episode of Geister's Guidelines. New episodes out every other Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave me a review. It's the best way for people to figure out uh, what the show is about and how great it is to hear my lovely voice. If you have suggestions uh, for discussion topics or games or segments for the show, you can email me at, uh, not at, I always say at, dang it. You can email me geislersguidelines at gmail.com, no apostrophe in Geislers. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at savagesasquatch78. I'm pretty sure that's the right one because I keep flubbing it up each time. 
thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Thank you very much, Mateo, for being here. Thank you. thank you for having me. Absolutely. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in and stay good, everybody.